New Narratives for the Northeast, brought to you by New Writing North. Telling fresh stories. Exploring the historical legacies. Looking to the future of the Northeast. Episode 3 The City is a Language. I know Newcastle intimately. I grew up here, and for most of my adult life, I have lived here. Sometimes I think I know it better than myself. I like walking the city streets early in the morning or in the evening after it has been raining. I walk alongside the dark nightclubs on Mosley Street with their upper floors lit from beneath like ghoulish figures telling ghost stories. I go to the cinema alone and sit outside the adjoining cafe with a book beneath the outdoor heaters. I walk through Granger Market with its lugubrious yellow lighting, visceral earthy smells and eclectic mix of businesses old and new and I wander through the crowds on sunny afternoons when the entire city seems to shrug off its air-conditioned malaise and come onto the streets in a joyful, exuberant way that seems improbably, incredibly, almost laughably, Mediterranean in spirit. I'm Lindsay Eyre, I'm from Gateshead, live currently in Newcastle. I'm a writer. I won the Sid Chaplin Award for um, Working Class Writers last year. One of the things that I love about cities generally and that I feel like is really present in Newcastle is kind of like the jumble of, of architecture from different times. And just in Newcastle, so you've got um, you've got like the castle keep and the city walls or like what, what remains of them. And then you've got Granger Town and you've got like all of these really beautiful um, like 18th century buildings like the Granger Market for example which I absolutely love and I always just feel like I've kind of gone back in time whenever I'm having to wonder about it and that that smell of like <laughs> it sounds disgusting but like the fish market and like the like the butchers and stuff and then you've got things like um, the tea Dan Smith era of like all of the, the brutalist kind of modernist architecture all of those different areas have kind of different shorthands almost like the the shorthands for different like experiences and different people and different things that you'll see in different parts of the city I think you only really feel at home in a city once you've learned that language to me when you walk around Newcastle it, it feels more like a kind of modernist European city you know it has links with Scandinavia it has links even with Scotland and the kind of modernist traditions there. I'm Alex Niven. My job is lecturer at Newcastle University in English Literature, but I also write particularly political commentary and kind of cultural analysis. Newcastle is a fantastically metropolitan city. You know, Newcastle is a much bigger city than it should be on paper. I, I think often people don't quite know until they live in Newcastle and experience it, that it has the kind of cultural feel of being a huge and quite diverse city. One of the things that makes it feel really different around Newcastle is the town moor, because it's just 
a huge moorland and there's all these cows all over it. My name's Andrew Hankinson and I'm a, I'm a writer and I grew up in Newcastle and, and moved away for a little bit and then moved back when I started a family of my own. I go to the library every day to write and I just cycle over this moorland with these cows around you and that's right in the city centre. There's a huge hill in the middle of the town moor as well that's called Cow Hill. Um, because the so the freemen of the city graze cattle on the um, like on the town moor. So like this morning when I was walking across, there was like just cows in the middle of the path and stuff. I wish we made more of that, and I wish more people saw that and went to it and spent time there. The town moor's actually it's bigger than Central Park. I mean, it is huge. Every year you have like a travelling fun fair that comes called the Hoppins. Going back through time, it was a space for protest. There was a protest about suffrage there in the the early 20th century. Sometimes these sort of cosy sort of tourist board cliches about the North and about the Northeast, they're a bit kind of soporific, but the whole of the North is, is a lot more exciting than these kind of cosy sort of, you know, Yorkshire Dales, Northumberland Coast, kind of Bamber Castle, holiday brochure cliches. Cathedral and castle. It's dominating and devastatingly magnificent, a visual used so freely as an emblem of everything that Durham represents. But from this vantage point, it's impossible to see the detail, the individual bricks, the house plants and the windows, the faces of the people that breathe life into this place. As I look at the picturesque image, I know there are shades to it, and that's the Durham I wish people knew about instead of the dense symbols that control its cultural brand. We do better to listen to the quieter voices that show us the texture of what it means to be a part of this medieval city. I'm Melissa Tessagensi and I'm a assistant producer at Times Radio and writer. Somewhere like Durham, you experience the city on a different level as a visitor to, to how you experience it as a student. And in many ways, a student at Durham University is not experiencing the city level, the sort of everyday texture. In the northeast, there are so many different kinds of people. There are so many different backgrounds and stories, but you're only ever seeing a kind of watered-down version of that whole diversity because people are really, I think, led by that those sorts of stereotypes. And in my case, it was town and gown. And you can feel like you're seeing a different city if you if you walk on a, on a different side of the road. If you go to certain parts of the city, it's like you're not even in the same place anymore, even though it's all part of a, of one community. By the time I left, I knew that I'd experienced so much more. I've got quite a lot of friends who have never been to Newcastle before, and then like they've come to visit me, and they've always been really surprised by the city. I'm not sure what they were expecting, really. I think maybe they were expecting some kind of like quite down a teal brutalist architecture kind of city and then I think they've been quite surprised when they've gotten here. I mean you can't come into Newcastle without coming over the Tyne if you're on the train from down south. Um, I still think it's like the nicest kind of like entrance into a city or by train that I've come across to be honest. Like, I just It takes my breath away every time really and you've got like Grey Street and stuff which is absolutely beautiful um, and like down by the quayside. So I think that there's that kind of assumption of it being somewhere that's quite grey and grimy, that kind of like, it's grim up north kind of aspect of things. In Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, one of the characters gets posted to Newcastle and it's like, you know, he's been kind of 
sent to the moon almost. There were various different examples of this in, in literature and culture going back through the ages, really, of Newcastle functioning as a kind of, you know, if you get sent to Newcastle, you're almost never going to come back. That's what people don't quite understand about the northeast. I think. They sort of think, particularly if you're living down south, it's kind of like, oh, you know, there's the Midlands and then there's the kind of north, but the northeast is north. You know, that's really north. And we're only less than three hours on the train to London. Uh, so I don't quite understand why people don't kind of come up here more. The countryside is amazing, but also, you know, the urban stuff is pretty amazing around there as well. It's an interesting place, and I think people don't quite understand it, and that's why we need to explain it better. The North East is an incredible place, and Newcastle in particular is kind of an incredible city with lots of potential, and it has this quite remarkable industrial heritage and this very unique sense of, you know, that this was a place where you could do extraordinary things. Cities live, they breathe, they grow old, they go on living. A city is a physical representation of the continuity of time. Newcastle is over 1,000 years old as a settlement. Hadrian's Wall stretches beneath streets where burrito bars and cigar shops rub alongside churches and libraries. Things get jumbled. Our lives are in constant overlap with one another and the past is always present. Buildings go up and buildings go down. Each age offers something to us, a way of looking at the world. You do get a sense of the tears running through Stockton, like carrying our past. My name is India Hunter. I am currently in college, Sussex Farm. I also do poetry. Stockton is about an hour south of Newcastle and I've lived in Stockton and around like, the surrounding areas for like my entire life. It's like part of who I am. This is the one fact I always tell everyone. We were like <laughs> the foundation of railways. Like the first railway was Darlington to Stockton Railway. And we still have the Darlington Railway Station. We still have Stockton Railway Station. They haven't been touched as much. So there is like a big reminder of like our history, our culture, especially in Stockton High Street as well. Like all of the buildings have like the dates of like when they were built, like in like gilted writing. But then you look down and it's like a pound land or something. And it's definitely like a sense of people were here before us. There is a long line of people like us, of working class people who have inhabited these streets. Like the, the buildings are like smoke stained these people who kind of fought for workers' rights and fought to, like, get us to the place that we are now. And yeah, it's quite nice to, like, be reminded of that in the buildings in kind of, like, a subtle way. So much of it is steeped in such cultural history. There is this sense of heritage there, and people who are from the North East tend to have a lot of pride about where they're from. And... Um, there's this sort of sense of the old and the new. I think it's a living and breathing. And when I walk past certain certain windows and stuff, you think, oh, people my age, like however many years ago, would have seen and interacted in this building, but they would have been a, doing a completely different job, just experiencing the same view or we're in the same seat or on the same high street, looking at the same shops. We're kind of seeing and experiencing the same things. And so that's a consistent thread from the past that's now being experienced in the present.
I encourage people to come and visit the Northeast. You know, when I tell my friends, come and stay here, we'll show you around. And I take great pride in walking around Newcastle with them, showing them different buildings, showing them, you know, the bridges over the streets and Quayside and all this sort of stuff. I show them all that stuff and I'm really proud of that. And I want to show them the castles, the wall, the seaside, all these sorts of things. Uh, and I tell people I don't know, you know, you should come on holiday here, you should come and visit. Um, and it's wonderful, it is beautiful. But you know that people are having very, very difficult lives a mile away from there, half a mile away from there, you know? Where does it go from there? Our identity, in Teesside at least, is steel. And we've had that taken away from us and it's about trying to find something new. So I feel like there is a lot of room for creative arts and like we're building our own culture back. There's an arts college in Middlesbrough called Northern School of Art, uh, which is one of the only ones left in the country of like a specialist arts college. Teesside University is one of the leading institutions in the UK for like the study of games design and like animation and that kind of thing. Poetry as well. There's been a lot of opportunity for me to do kind of poetry gigs. Our poetry community, our like writing community is so tight knit and like we all know each other and we all work together. We've had to like foster our own culture and we've had to get that back and a lot of it is political because we feel that's the only way we can get our point across. There's actually loads going on and there's like a really nice creative community in Newcastle. I've had meetings with a certain cultural organisation and they literally said, well, there's nobody that lives in Newcastle that we could get to work on this. Like that kind of attitude just really bothers me because I just think you obviously just don't know and like you haven't looked into how many people are here and like what people are doing and what kind of creative community that there is. There's like really capable people doing really exciting things. People don't really know what's going on up here. They have these ideas about what the Northeast is. Oh, it's, you know, industrial heritage. The way I start the piece is uh, when I pitched this piece, the first three sentences of my pitch were, I don't want to write about coal mining. I don't want to write about shipbuilding. I want to write about shopping. But the whole first part is about coal mining. I'm sorry. I tried to avoid it. I'll keep it brief. The second part is about suspended ceilings, which are those grids and tiles you find in offices and shops. In my early drafts, there was a lot about suspended ceilings. I've cut most of it out. You're welcome. The final part is about grout and the future. I have a good story about grout. I have no stories about the future. I think there is a thing where people are really proud of the history of that industrial history of the region. And I, I mean, I am as well. Like, you know, I look at some of these people and what they achieved and I think it's amazing and I think it's interesting and I think we need to know it. But, you know, when these people write about coal mining and shipbuilding, it makes the region feel alien to me. It's like, I, I don't know what this place is that they're talking about because that's not what I see around me. It's never really been part of my life. I used to go shopping with my mum and my sisters on a Saturday. Nobody I knew did coal mining or shipbuilding. It just wasn't part of my life anymore. I was born in 1980. Growing up, whenever you would read or hear about Newcastle, it would always be, like, shovel coal or ant and deck or, like, coal. I wasn't sure what to do with those references, really. It was like I just wasn't sure how to, how to latch onto that. And especially because, like, people, like, of my generation, I'm 29, I've got no experience with coal and coal mining and that kind of thing. So I just always felt, like, slightly alienated by it. Like, I think it's important that we move away from 
these old narratives. I would never doubt for a moment the importance of like coal and mining to the, the heritage of the Northeast, but I think it's equally important to look to the future. A few years ago, five, six years ago, a friend that I'd been to university with, who now lives in London, came to visit and was surprised that it wasn't the industrial north. <laughs> Just like, if you got out of London a little bit more often, <laughs> you'd realise that that's not the case. I'm Juliana Mensa, I'm a writer and researcher, and I'm based in the north of England. The northeast has become stuck in particular narratives of what it was, and industry, the economy, culture has moved on, and it has moved on as well, but it feels as though nationally, the idea of the Northeast hasn't moved beyond the ideas of the industrial North and the mines. There is a real power in telling your own story, and I think, I, I feel that as a, as a black woman, I feel that as a woman from the Northeast, I feel there are a range of narratives that are put on those identities, and being able to take control of the story and being able to frame it are actually incredibly empowering. I think a lot of what I've written in the poem is about how people from the outside don't really get it. They haven't experienced it and they don't necessarily want to. Like, they see the outside, they see all of these, like, the, like, the weeds growing through, like, the, the cracks in the pavement and everything, and they see that as a weed, but we see the beauty in it because we've grown up with it. We've grown up knowing that there's more to it than just, like, the boarded-up shops and, like, smashed-in windows. Like, we, we've... we see behind it. The sky is a familiar grey, clouded with the smog that rests on the rooftops, fairy dust highlighting the cracks in the windows of the corner shop. It's a short walk from one side of the street to the next, but even in those two peaceful minutes, I'm surrounded by a gallery of lights. Neighbours chat over fences, kids play Kirby. A man asks if I've got a lighter or some change with the bus or something else to that effect. Spiders web of souls crossing like a cat's cradle, completely interwoven. If I was to stop and take it in, I would see it to be beautiful. I'd take a breath and know that all is well because Stockton's heart still beats. I feel like Stockton is a heart of normal people. Our history needs to be celebrated a bit more, like the history of normal people. Looking at like the history of the English language, in the 1800s, some random Southern London people decided these rules for grammar specifically so the poor people couldn't access them, specifically so there was this correct way to think and speak. So I kind of decided like, sod it <laughs> um we can we can speak however we want to speak and I think there is a beauty to that like it's much less stiff our way of speaking it's a lot more like jovial I've noticed it as well in twitter and everything like the way we we type like if you if you're saying like have or you're saying like av as we say it it's like av and it's that's like generally accepted now like everyone can read that and then you get southerners tweeting back at us being like what are you trying to say but it's like a nice little secret code <laughs> that i quite like it's like a sense of solidarity in any family or any group there's this set of in jokes and little references and bits of understanding that everyone inside has 
and then as people become part of the community there's like an understanding that they gain of these little references and little jokes and, and ways the place works. I am Mim Skinner, I'm a writer and community worker and I've been writing about our cafe, Refuse Cafe, in Chesterley Street in County Durham. I guess one of the things that, that makes the Refuse community recognisably community is this set of references and set of language that we use. So I talked in the piece about wounded and one of the guys, Dave, using that quite a lot. Oh, I'm absolutely wounded today. You know, the, we lost the football. Oh, I'm wounded. You've forgotten to butter my toast. And, and that becoming really part of the language and, and part of how we talk about disappointment in the cafe. And I guess in many ways, I've been aware of that more broadly as a region. There's such a strong regional identity around language and around dialect and accent. I've been here for 11 years now, but I grew up just south of London near Croydon. It has been for me a journey the same as people coming to the cafe, where the more I've got to understand, whether it's local myths or local stories or being able to sing along to the Lampton Worm song or or understanding you know, <laughs> some people's language and the local stories that kind of make up identity, the more that language has dripped and dropped into into my own language in a way that has made me feel more at home here. The accents change even, like, from village to village and stuff. Like, I could tell the difference between somebody who grew up in the tiny village that I grew up in to somebody that, like, grew up 10, 15 minutes drive away. I think maybe, like, in the past, they almost had their own little culture kind of thing and their own little, um, like, inflections and stuff in the accent that's just, like, slightly, slightly different. There's a, there's a lot of diversity between the different towns and villages. I think increasingly as I've grown older as well, like I do have a tremendous amount of pride in being from the northeast, and in like my heritage and like in a lot of ways I do I like the fact that my accent ties me to the region. But when I was younger, I was always very self-conscious of having an accent. I did my PhD in Newcastle, and it was definitely something that came up was that there was a sort of sense of like just feeling like you didn't sound intelligent or something because you had like a Geordie accent or you had a Northeast accent. In the past when I've tried to come across as like more intelligent or I've tried to make a point, I automatically kind of revert to a more posh, enunciated Southern style accent. And like I've, I've recently noticed that like about a year ago that I'm associating like my own accent with like someone of a less like less intelligent I've kind of got to do some like internal work here to address like why and like kind of try and change that that's the only way that like people with northern accents are going to stop being like perceived as like less intelligent I have a brain and I have an accent and those two are not like they don't contrast each other when I first arrived the accent sounded quite similar to me. I'm thinking Sunderland, Gateshead, Newcastle and Northumberland. But for me now, now I, I can hear the variations. The thing that connects the northeast, the wider northeast, I suppose is, is the warmth. There's a cultural kind of warmth. You can find yourself in a conversation with anybody standing at a bus stop, being on the metro, being in a supermarket. 
and I thank the bus driver when I get off the bus. So there's, there's, if there's a language, it's something about warmth, I suppose, and an openness. Everyone talks to each other, everyone's checking up on each other. They all care. They care about everyone being safe. It's like when you're in like a nice little cafe, they'll help be like, how's your day? Kind of thing. And I've never talked to them before in my life, but they, they do genuinely care. Kindness is how I would describe what makes us special. It's a specific sort of we look after each other kind of kindness here. So I have lived in a place in Gateshead which has a really big Irish community and every St Patrick's Day, myself and my husband, who's Greek, go and we see there's everybody from the baby to the grandmother there and there are young girls doing Irish dancing, but there, there are also us, there's an Asian family, there, there are people from all over the world there as well. Don't get me wrong, it took a while to be invited. <laughs> I lived in my flat for quite a while before I knew this was happening, but I did get invited. So I think it, it takes a while. And actually, when I first moved to the Northeast, as, lo as well as meeting and becoming friends with people who are from here, there were lots of people from all over the world who had come to the Northeast because of work, because of the universities. And we all met in this place that wasn't quite home for us and created a home for ourselves. And then the longer we stayed, we got to know the people who were from the Northeast. I now feel as though I can say that I'm from the Northeast. There's just a real sense of, um, of being at home, I think. And I don't think, that you, I don't think that you feel that until you can situate yourself in a, in a city. As a whole, I think the architecture is representative of the people. It's very like mixed and like there are old buildings, there are new buildings right like together and it's it's beautiful in a way, but I feel there's a romance in the urbanness and the wildness of it. Everything is its own, everything has its own personality. So yes, I do think it's beautiful. Commission of the Northeast Cultural Partnership, supported by the Heritage Lottery Fund. The series is produced at the Durham Book Festival, a Durham County Council festival supported by Durham University and Arts Council England. It was made in York by Sonderbook Productions, with music specially composed and recorded in Newcastle by Jane Dent. Find out more about the project and read the original essays and stories on the Dome Book Festival website.